Well, hello and welcome once again to Beat the Reset. My name is Tim and I am the guy in the hat. And today I wanted to talk to you about the incoming cashless society. As it turns out, we are already here. We have arrived. And here I am, December 2023. A few months ago, I spoke about this on my channel. And experts, so-called experts, had been rolled out in the mainstream media and were telling the public that we are just 10 years away from a cashless society. About a month later, we started seeing headlines that suggested that it was closer to five years. Uh, A month after that, we saw it was three years. Uh, Yesterday, I read an article on my channel, uh, December 5 or December 4, and it was talking about that it was just one and a half years to two years away. That's 18 months away. And the big question for all of us is what would a cashless society mean for everybody? We have never seen a society that has had no cash. Well, I personally have never lived in a world that's had no cash, but we're about to see what it's going to look like. Now, of course, right about now, the date is December 4, and we we understand that 87% of all transactions are now digital. Now, that is by design. 87% of all transactions. That means that 13% of transactions are cash uh, only. And of course, they're going backwards at an alarming rate of knots. In other words, the electronic is winning the battle. Now, this all coincides with the closure of regional commercial banks. We are seeing the uh, retraction of the commercial banking system in regional Victoria. And of course, this means that people in those towns and remote towns will only have access to an Australia Post, which is a government-owned postal service. And essentially, the Australia Post has very very limited uh, ability to be able to service clients. This is going to create all sorts of issues for the elderly, for people in business. And uh, I recently had an experience where I needed to speak to somebody that was a a real person in a bricks and mortar bank. Now, luckily, I was able to do that because I am in a city area. But if you are in a regional town, there is absolutely no way that you will be able to do that going forward. The other issue, of course, is that we are seeing the removal of ATMs. In fact, in Australia, we've seen 1,600 regional branches close over the last five or six years, and we've seen about 50% of ATMs removed from circulation. The other thing we are seeing right now is that the Reserve Bank of Australia is removing cash from circulation, which is creating all sorts of issues. For example, uh, Armagard, which looks like it is on the verge of collapse, which is, of course, Armagard is the transport services that transports cash between the commercial banks and the central banks uh, and so on, and businesses. And also, uh, we are seeing the fact that the ATMs are going to have trouble being restocked. I mean, it's going to be very, very difficult to restock an ATM with physical cash if there is simply no cash available. Now, of course, this is all coupled with a range of other coinciding events. The fact that the commercial banks are largely restricting cash over the counter. You can't just go into a commercial bank and request cash over a counter anymore. And there are very, very strict and stringent limits on exactly what it is you are allowed to take out of a commercial bank. Uh, You can go out to an ATM. However, the total amount that you can remove for an ATM is up to about 2,000 Australian dollars. We're, of course, talking about Australia only here. 
Now, this is all coinciding with the incoming central bank digital currency, which is literally on our doorstep right now. And of course, this is all part of an agenda to move us into essentially digits on a screen, uh, centralized blockchains or centralized ledgers, I should say, uh, all owned and operated and run by the central banking system in conjunction with the corporations. Now, the interesting thing for me is central banks alone can't achieve their target. What they need is they need their corporations to be able to design and develop digital currencies. Now, that's what comes next. At the moment, we're not quite at digital. At the moment, the Treasury, together with the central banks, are trying to move the common man, that's the middle class essentially, into uh, the cashless system known as electronic currency, which is simply in Australia is the electronic Australian dollar. So that is a non-programmable currency run out of a commercial bank account. Pretty much tap-and-go plastic cards. However, once we are all heavily into and heavily invested in this particular electronic system, what we're going to see is not just the removal of cash from circulation and the inability to even use cash, even though it is a legal tender, we are going to see the rise of the digital currency pretty quickly, I would imagine, straight after that. And as we see the rise of central bank digital currency, what you're going to see is the debasement of the electronic currency, which means uh, at first you may get a stablecoin. So stablecoin is essentially what we imagine the central bank digital currency to be. A stablecoin is essentially its value is drawn from a fiat currency. So even though it's a digital programmable currency that's run out of a commercial, uh, sorry, run out of a central bank, it will be pegged to a real life fiat currency such as the US dollar. So as we see the move towards this system, what we are going to largely experience is the debasement of the electronic dollar. In other words, it won't be a one-to-one exchange. It may be at first, you may get one Australian dollar to one stable coin at first, but what I believe over time is we're going to see perhaps 20 Australian dollars to one stable coin and then 50 and then 100, a little bit like uh, any private cryptocurrency trade. And central bank digital currencies are programmable. I mean, that's the great fear for all of us that at the moment, whilst we're moving heavily into electronic and we don't see it as dystopian, we don't see it as problematic, the central bank digital currencies largely are problematic because they connect into the smart grid and the internet of things and social credit scores and they are programmable many, many ways and and that is exactly where the central banks want to go. Uh, There is, of course, uh, a problem for the central bank system at the moment, and that is, of course, that the very mechanism that they use to educate the common man about digital currencies is now become a problem, which, of course, is the crypto space. So most of us have heard of Bitcoin and Ethereum and uh, XLM, perhaps XRP. We've heard of these kinds of currencies, which largely Bitcoin arose just after the global financial crisis of 2009 under the pseudonym of Satoshi Nakamoto. We don't know uh, who, what, where, or whatever Satoshi Nakamoto is. It could be a person. It could be a group of people. It could be a corporation. It could be a central bank. It could be a nation or a group of nations like the, the United Nations. We have no idea who designed and developed Bitcoin, what we do know is it's a very, very advanced technology, and it was designed for the simple purposes of educating the common man on how to use digital currencies and the fact that you could, of course, give up your hard-earned fiat currency for digits on a screen. 
Had it not been for Bitcoin, we probably wouldn't have had the crypto boom and we wouldn't have understood that uh, we need to or that we can use fungible and non-fungible fungible digital tokens and assets um, to trade. So now that we've gone through that, you know, 12 to 15 year education process, we are on the doorstep of understanding and, and seeing a stable coin issued by a central bank on something called uh, a blockchain um, issued on a smart device, which would be a central bank digital wallet. And that's how we are largely going to trade. And once again, just repeating that the big problem is that it is programmable currency. It can be programmed many ways. Uh, it's uh, your, your currency will work based on your proximity to undesirable people with social credit scores. Uh, your currency will change depending on your location, depending on whether you've paid your taxes. Negative interest rates will be applied if you are suffering some sort of penalty. Um, expiry dates will be put on your currency, so you only have a certain amount of time to spend the currency or expend it. Um, certain uh, trades will not be possible. For example, if there is a corporation that uh, the central bank doesn't want you to trade with, all they'll do is block the, uh, any, any trade or any ability for you to use your currency with that corporation. There'll be many, many restrictions based on uh, how you are able to spend, use, save, and etc. your currency. So the big question is, what are we going to do? I mean, at the moment, we have physical cash, which is our best friend. There's an old saying that cash is king. And the reason we say that is because in all instances, when things get very dystopian, the first thing that we do, and our ancestors did, is turn to physical cash. And essentially, this has always been a mechanism that we have had. Physical cash has always been our best friend. However, what are we going to do going into this new world? And I've had a long think about this and I've come up with an interesting uh, view and perspective. So let's go through it. What I really see happening right now with the debasement of the fiat currency, I see the need to move to physical commodities. Physical commodities will boom through this reset. There's no question because currency flows from in-system assets to out-of-system assets. In-system assets are stocks, shares, equities, bonds, annuities, treasuries, all of those sorts of things plus real estate. Uh, so you're going to see the movement and the flowing of currencies out of that space into commodities. So obviously the place to be across a reset is in physical commodities, specifically monetary commodities, and there are only two, physical gold and physical silver. And as I've said before, and I'm going to repeat again, physical gold uh, operates quite differently to physical silver. Physical gold is a long-term reserve asset. In other words, you keep it over very long periods of time to store your wealth, and it doesn't move very often. The other one, of course, is physical silver, which is our trading commodity. That's your trading asset. So that one will be moving. So across the reset, uh, what you will do is you will store your value. Remember, your wealth is your value, your hard-earned time. So you store your value within the commodity. Now, since the currency is flowing out of the debt market at the moment and derivatives market back into commodities, commodities is the place to be because commodities will skyrocket in value. So as your commodities skyrocket in value, you will notice the debasement and collapsing of the fiat system. So your neighbours who stay in fiat are largely going to lose in a major way. Uh, and also they're going to be struggling to purchase stablecoin, the digital stablecoin that I was talking about, the central bank digital stablecoin. 
um, because their currency will be debased. Uh, it'll also make, the, make it very difficult for them to service mortgages if they are leveraged, uh, and of course, if they have little to no equity in, in their real estate, uh, people could end up upside down and out on a bear market through a housing market crash, which I certainly see as a possibility. I envisage an 80% collapse in the entire derivatives market, which would take out the real estate market by around about 80%, which would mean that if you had a property that was worth a million uh, fiat dollars, by the time we've gone through the reset, it'll be closer to 200,000 fiat dollars. And of course, it won't be remunerated in, in, in uh, electronic currency. It'll probably be remunerated in digital. So if you think about it, if Australian dollar goes 100 to 1 against a digital currency, uh, that house might go to 200,000 electronic Australian dollars, but it may only be 10,000 stablecoin. So the question is, how do you get 10,000 stablecoin? How do you buy stablecoin with a collapsed Australian dollar? And that's what your commodities are for. So you store your wealth and your commodities across the reset. And when you are ready to liquidate, you simply take your commodities back to a uh, bullion dealer and they will give you the currency of the day, which could easily be a stablecoin. But one thing I wanted to give you today was an extra idea for diversification. Because remember, investment is about buying, the, buying on the dip, selling on the curve, assessing all risk, and of course, diversity. So what would be a diversification to prevent you from going into the central bank digital system? The obvious place for me, of course, is the private crypto space. And in the private crypto space, I highly advocate considering one specific group of currencies called the ISO 222 class. There are two types of cryptocurrencies that you need to be aware of, those that are compliant and those that are not. Those that are compliant, the ISO 222s, have been selected for use in the new central bank system. They have been given the big green light, specifically currencies like XRP, which will be used for cross-border payment systems between the central banks, XLM, which will be used for by governments because it is the cheapest possible way for, to move currency in the, digitals, in the digital world. Uh, XLM will represent Centrelink payments, social welfare payments, uh, and of course, uh, universal basic income. Then, of course, one of my favourite of all, MIOTA, sometimes called simply IOTA, and if you take the M off the front and the A off the back, what you end up is with the letters IOT, which simply put stands for the Internet of Things. And I haven't got time to go into what the Internet of Things is here today, but just to give you a rough idea, that is essentially the entire smart grid and aggregation of AI and AR, and it puts it all together in something called the Internet of Things, which is like a great big data warehouse where everything is kind of aggregated and formulated. So for me, MyOTA is a technology that is absolutely imperative to your investment. So would uh, be uh, HBAR, of course, it has a little bit to do with climate change change, and so on and so forth. There are uh, essentially nine currencies in the ISO class. Now, the reason I mention those, as I said, across the reset, you store your wealth within commodities, you liquidate the commodities when the price point and the parity is, is at the uh, appropriate moment. And then, of course, instead of getting the, the bullion dealer, instead of paying you in central bank digital stablecoin, which will be programmed, they can then transfer, rather, transfer your currency into your exchange. If you've got CoinSpot, Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, or something like that, and they can easily trans uh, transfer the funds into a currency of your choosing, uh, and of course, uh, or they can just transfer it into your wallet, and you can then disseminate it into the currencies that you want. That could be a potential way to move around the digital system. I think that is a very, very clever strategy. So this is the cashless world that we're going into. I'm going to be talking a lot more about this topic. I'm going to come back and talk about digital twin, of course. I've spoken about that previously, 
uh, and many, many more things. I will be talking about ISO 222 currencies in more detail, and specifically the need to move to them ASAP, and specifically the need to move to them uh, before 2025, which of course is when the Bank for International Settlements requires its 140 central banks around the world, of course, to be Basel III, fully Basel III compliant and ready to go with its ISO 222 globalist uh, code, if you like, or globalist standard. That's essentially what it is. So that's it for me, the guy in the hat. I hope you got a little bit out of that today, just giving you some ideas for diversification, assessing risk and so on. Remember, buy the dip, sell the curve, move away from derivatives, move away from real estate if you are leveraged, that is. If you can achieve title, fantastic, achieve title if you can. If not, move as far away from it. Uh, Get rid of it before you end up out on a bear market and upside down. Move into commodities, physical gold and silver, and diversify perhaps into ISO 222 cryptos. That's it for me, the guy in the hat. As I always say, look after your health, look after your wealth, and of course, make good choices. 